Hi, everyone. Welcome back to On Our Shelves, the podcast. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to episode four of our podcast. In this episode, we'll be chatting about Northanger Abbey by Jane Austen. And full disclosure, we do not remember this book very well. So we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about is a little bit of background. Northanger Abbey is a lot different than most of Jane Austen's other works. It was her first, like, quote, real novel, but it was published posthumously, which Annabelle had a hell of a time spelling yesterday. I spelled Um, it correctly on the first try. (laughs) Mm, Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay, but you you did not know how to spell it. You were you were guessing. Yeah, okay. I spelled it correctly. <laughs> Sarah, wh- why are you coming at me? <laughs> Trying to pad the content. <laughs> we just started. Why are you being aggressive? That's just how I am right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so Annabelle managed to spell posthumously. I probably would have not been as successful, but there you go. There you go. Posthumously is not a very good word. It's hard to spell. Anyway, no thoughts. Brain empty. Wow, that really distracted me. Head empty. What did I say? No thoughts, brain empty. That's fine. It's this is a little, a little spin on the classic. I think it adds a specific, special layer of, of no thoughts, head empty. <laughs> to be like, no thoughts, brain empty. <laughs> okay, yes, I do agree. Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay, so anyway, Northanger Abbey is a gothic satire, which mentions some of the popular authors of the day, including Anne Radcliffe, I believe it is, yes. with the mysteries of Udolpho? Yes. Question mark? Yes. And... Jane Austen just kind of like has fun with it because she's kind of like these gothic things are ridiculous and bad for you but also like kind of fun. I feel like it's a precursor to Sense and Sensibility because she's like mocking the like gothic and like romantic movement notions that is kind of similar to Sense and Sensibility. Yeah Yeah, I agree. That was a good way of putting it. Thank you Annabelle. You're welcome. Brain that fully empty. (laughs) It's got a little bit. It's got one thought. Two brain cells. A a singular thought. (laughs) And then the other thing is, is it's full of gothic tropes, including the innocent young woman who like, is kind of like a coming of age throughout the novel. The house, well, not the house, there is a house which kind of acts as its own character. And it has its, it has its own plots, not the right word, but it has its own like vibe. Yeah, Um, it's like has its own characteristics it's kind of personified but not yes yes annabelle has really got this background section for me today i just i vibe with the gothic tropes yeah maybe not tropes but i vibe with northanger abbey yeah and then usually in gothics there's a low-key problematic romance but that's not really the case in this novel so it's all good okay now we're gonna speed through some plot highlights because this one also just doesn't have a plot, but also not that relevant to the story. No offense, Jane Austen. So there is zero plot. It's just some drama. So it starts with Catherine, who's from a small town, big family. She's like one of the oldest. And she gets invited to go to Bath, which is like, I think it's a resort town. And she gets invited to go there with her family friends. 
And so when she's there, I think one of the first things that happens is that she goes to a ball where she meets Henry Tilney and quickly develops a massive crush on him. I think at the same ball, or maybe later on, she meets the Thorpes, who I think are friends with her family friends. Mm -hmm. So she meets the Thorpes. The main ones that we're going to focus on are Isabella, who is engaged to Catherine's older brother, and then John, who is Isabella's brother, and he's trash and he tries to get Catherine to go out with him slash marry him but all he does is talk about himself and try to sabotage Tilney so that's all you really need to know about him he's just kind of garbage so Isabel and Catherine become fast friends and they start going to all the social hotspots in town and literally all they do is gossip and then talk about their like gothic novels which are like low-key spicy for the Mm -hmm. time (laughs) and so that's literally all they do And then James eventually comes to visit. James is Catherine's brother. And then they start going on double dates. You know, James and Isabella and Catherine and John. Emphasis on that John is really trying to get with Catherine. And Catherine's very much like, Mm. I don't really like you. Like she goes along with it because like that's kind of what's expected of her. But she's she's just kind of like, I don't like this. I think she also kind of perceives it as like, "Mm, this is okay because like we're friends. Mm-hmm. but like doesn't think more than that because she's so innocent so they specifically John and Isabella will plan their dates to interfere with Catherine's plans with Tilney they literally will do this like as soon as she's like oh I'm going on a walk tomorrow with Tilney they'll show up literally 20 minutes before she's supposed to leave they'll coerce her into going out with them instead and then feed her lies if they have to mm-hmm. and then she will eventually go with them and then Tilney is left, you know, by himself. They're date disruptors. So this is also yeah. an ongoing conflict between Catherine and Tilney, this like, these external forces, meaning the Thorps. Yeah. And also, also their brother, or her brother James, I think. Yeah. Also, it's important it. to note that Tilney has a sister. Yeah, Tilney like does Eleanor. Have, Yeah, Eleanor. And then it's like Catherine and Eleanor are like buds. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how she re- she interacts with Tilney generally because yeah. Tilney's like chaperoning his sister or whatever. Yeah. So they're like a squad, but then also Catherine, John, and Isabella are a squad, plus James when he shows up. So the two squads are, in- or one squad is interfering with a different squad. And then while this keeps going on, Tilney's brother arrives and Isabella starts aggressively flirting with him, even though she is still engaged to James. Dun, dun, dun. What happens next is that Catherine visits the titular, right? Titular? Yes, titular. Titular. Northing. If we're pronouncing it wrong, big rip. <laughs> For real. The titular... Northanger Abbey with the Tilneys. The Northanger Abbey is like the Tilney house, whatever. And she makes up these grand notions about how spooky Northanger Abbey is, which like, it seems spooky. So like, valid. And she has a very overactive imagination and takes her gothic novels just like a little bit too literally. So like, basically the fun plot about the gothic novel in this is no one goes into old Mama Tilney's rooms. And Mama Tilney died nine years ago. And Catherine thinks that Daddy Tilney is like weird vibes about it. So she's like, he must have murdered her, is essentially the thought process there. So, you know, not exactly like point A to point B, but you know, she's 17. She reads a lot of novels. 
gothic novels in particular. A lot of spooky novels where yeah. people murder their wives or have yeah. their wives hidden in the attic. Yeah, at Jane Eyre. Sorry, yeah. that was a spoiler. So Daddy Tilney is kind of scary. But by kind of scary, I mean really scary. Mm-hmm. So... It makes Isn't sense. Isn't he like a general? Yes, he's a general, so but I'm calling why. him Daddy Tilney. Yeah, so he's like, he's in the army <laughs> and he's kind of scary. Sorry. Yeah, but he is scary. Get your and mind he's out like... of the gutter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe you've been uh, reading too many spicy gothic novels. I, I probably have, let's be honest. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, anyway, so Daddy Tilney has bad vibes. Probably didn't murder his wife, but still bad vibes. So then a big plot point in this is that at one point, Catherine and Henry Tilney have a little heart-to-heart about Catherine thinking that Henry's dad murdered his mom. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he yeah, was wasting when he got the novels. And then and she was super is, upset. This is right after I think he like discovers her in his mom's room. And he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and she's like, um, I think your dad murdered your mom. <laughs> And he's like, why? Like, why, would you, why would you do that? Why would you say that? And then she gets all worried because she's just like, what if he doesn't like me ever again because I think his dad murdered his mom? Which, like, valid. But also, it's just, I don't know. I think it's a problem because Catherine is so childish and Tilney is, like, the most okay. reflective and smart in the novel. So there's some discrepancies there. Anyway, moving on. What came next? Oh, James dumped Isabella because Isabella had a scandal with Frederick Tilney, which is older brother Tilney. Mm-hmm. And then something happens. Daddy Tilney was gone. And then the Thorpes said that... Everyone was gone that- except for Eleanor from the house. Okay. So it was just Catherine and Eleanor? Yeah. Like, huh. for some reason, Henry had to go away somewhere with his... I think with his dad. I'm not sure. But either way, it was just them vibing for a few days. Yeah. But then Daddy Tilney comes home and kicks Catherine out. And we find out that it's because the Thorpes said that she was really poor. And like she wasn't rich, but she wasn't super poor. Either way, that's a rude reason to like kick someone out of your house. Mm -hmm. So Catherine goes home and is sad. And then Tilney comes and explains that Daddy Tilney was told that Catherine was like really poor well originally he thought that she was really rich okay because yeah. originally john thorpe like met daddy tilney and was like oh yeah this girl that i'm going to get engaged to Catherine, is so rich i'm gonna be so rich she's gonna mm-hmm. inherit her like family friends fortune even though she was not and she never mm-hmm. said that but thorpe was like bragging and then that's why daddy tilney was like yeah this rich girl can come and yeah, Tilly and her can flirt. And then Thorpe got mad that, that Catherine wouldn't get engaged to him. So then he was like, actually, she's dirt poor. She's tri- like, she has no money. And then Daddy Tilly gets upset. Yeah. And kicks her out of his yes. house. And she just has to like yeet out of there 70 miles as a 17 year old girl in Regency England. And like by herself. Yeah. That was really fucked up. That, that was not very nice of Daddy Tilly. Okay, so then Tilney came and explained, like, what the whole situation was. And then he proposes to Catherine. And then he asks his, like, mom, uh, not his mom. He asks his mom is <laughs> He summoned his mom. Uh, he summoned his mother. <laughs> yes. He, like, snuck up to the attic and found her in her rooms. <laughs> yeah. They, they whipped out a Ouija board. They did. So he talks to Catherine's parents 
for approval and they were like yeah sure but you have to get daddy tilney's approval too and then eventually they do get daddy tilney's approval and they're happy and married and then the thorps just suck so fuck the thorps yeah and i just threw up a peace sign for context (laughs) (laughs) so that's basically the whole plot So we're going to get into a little bit of a discussion, and Sarah came up with a great idea that we should play yay or nay, so we're going to have a hot take, and then say yay or nay, and explain why we think that. Okay. So would you like to take it away? Yes. Yes. Okay, so first, I want to preface this by saying I, like, when I read this book, I literally was in such just, like, a physical state of stress that I remembered three things from it, and one of them was this, which is... Catherine and Isabella should have hooked up. Yay or nay? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yay, but like really only like they they could have only hooked up once, and I think I just think they would have been messy. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have been a relationship, but I feel like I feel like the energy was there. Like yes and no. <laughs> I feel like because like I don't know they did spend like every waking second together gossiping and talking about mm-hmm. the spicy romances. So I can see it, but also I feel like the only way I could see it is if it was Isabella kind of taking advantage of Catherine. That's true. So it would have been a very toxic, not good, even hookup, <laughs> like not even like a relationship, like just the hookup aspect of it, I think would have still been bad <laughs> if they did. But like I could see it happening if you one wanted to make things extremely messy. <laughs> <laughs> And also give Catherine a little bit of trauma. <laughs> I think this kind of goes into to one of my other yay or nays, which is Northanger Abbey would have made a solid modern remake. I think mm-hmm. that in a modern remake, Catherine and Isabella hook up. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. But also that's weird because her brother is trying to get with Catherine too for her money that he thinks she has. They can figure something out about that. That's a little messy keeping it in the family. <laughs> I mean... But also, they, they can adapt it, you know? Yeah. Like in Clueless, they made them ex-step-siblings, which is very weird. Okay. But anyway, do you think Northanger Abbey would make a solid modern remake? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Tilney is not a great romantic lead, yay or nay? Nay, and I have notes. Okay. I absolutely disagree, and I think that Tilney is a good lead. For many reasons. One is that I feel like Tilney is a good person to help her balance her childish, innocent, imaginative side with, you know, still being an adult. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they have a lot of balance because Tilney and Catherine get along because he still does. He like reads the same books that she does or like they have like long conversations about books. And then he also like humors her imagination in a way i don't know if i want to say humors but like he like participates i i don't know okay so to me he like understands her like imagination because i think when she she is going to northanger abbey she tells him like all her thoughts about how spooky it's gonna be and then he also like plays into that and then also makes up a little story and they have like a little fun little banter about northanger abbey and i feel like he understands that side of her even though he is serious and more adult. See, but like I see him more as more of like a brother character. Like all the things that you said, none of that is like romantic or like sexual or in any way. Like I just don't see that vibe playing out in their relationship. Plus, 
it is more of like a, a guiding force almost, which I think is weird is weird vibes with like a relationship. Yeah. Yes. But I will also make the argument that she does kind of grow up in the end because she does basically like tell is it not me not tell Isabella off, but like she like stands her ground and doesn't mm-hmm. let Isabella try to manipulate her and her family yeah. after Isabella wrongs them. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like if Catherine grows up a little bit, her and Tilney would make a good match. But it like the the way that I see it, it's like it's kind of like Marianne and Colonel Brandon from Sense and Sensibility, but also yeah, But also we didn't like them. Yes, but okay, also I feel like it's a little bit like Emma and Knightley. I was getting those vibes, but the thing is is Emma has way more agency. Yeah. Well, Catherine has never really needed to have agency and has grown up extremely sheltered in like a different way than Emma has. Mm -hmm. So I feel like her stupid decisions are one type of stupid decision that honestly, you know, I get it. We we all were stupid when we were 16, 17. (laughs) Like, yeah, I just feel like, you know, how Knightley tells Emma how it is Mm -hmm. and Tilney does when she's being dumb, like actually dumb. Mm-hmm. Like having an imagination and like making things up is like fine when it's like not hurting anyone. Yeah. But then when it's like your mom got murdered, he's like, what? Literally, mm, there is. We need to set boundaries for like when you can be silly and when you should not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I personally really love Tilney, but I understand your concerns. Yeah. See, okay, about the him other thing. and Catherine. Yeah. So I have a problem with that. And the other thing I have a huge problem with is the like the only other thing that I specifically remember from reading this book was at the end, Tilney was basically like, yeah, you were pretty much irrelevant to me. But then I saw that you liked me. So I was okay, like, yeah, okay. He, he doesn't say that. Remember? But now he's he's quote really in love. Blech. Mm, okay is that true? First of all, he doesn't say he that. liked the attention. Yes. Yes, he does. I will find the quote. You found the quote yesterday. You said it was the narration. Okay, let's see. She was assured of his affection and that heart in return was solicited, which perhaps they pretty equally knew was already entirely his own. For though Henry was now sincerely attached to her, though he felt and delighted in all the excellencies of her character and truly loved her society, I must confess his affection originated in nothing better than gratitude or, in other words, that a persuasion of her partiality for him had been the only cause of giving her a serious thought. I just, I just don't vibe with that, that at all. Okay. Well, okay, but, okay, but like, wasn't it? No, because you know how Jane Austen, she doesn't really write the romantic scenes. She's just kind of like, and then they got married because, yeah. like, like in Sense and Sensibility, they were like, and then in the next three hours, they were engaged. Listen. So like, he said it to her. It's just not in quotes. Don't do my man dirty like this, okay? <laughs> See, I'm not saying it's bad because, like, I guess you can start a relationship any way you want. I just, just think that's bad that, vibes. It just means that he was like, okay, she was there. And then he was like, okay, she likes me. And then he was like, okay, maybe I like her. I don't know. It'd be like that sometimes. I mean, it'd be, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I personally, I personally was like, yeah, I don't like that. Maybe I am just, you know, projecting my own interpretation and being a bit of a Catherine. But I understand why Catherine and Tilney, maybe not the most ideal pairing in the same vein of Marianne and Colonel Brandon. Okay, I think Tilney would be great for like Eleanor Dashwood. Yes. That's the power couple. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. Kick Edward Ferris out. Yes. 
had to mention him at least once in this podcast. Oh, we'll be mentioning him again. Oh, yeah, we will. But yeah, so like I think that would be a great couple. But like I – did Catherine need a romance? Mm. No. She went through some events in her time at Bath, so. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts about Tilney? I personally love Tilney. He's one of my favorites. And maybe not number one, but like, I don't know who number one is. And my final thoughts about Tilney are, meh. Okay, watch the adaptation with J.J. Field and come back and tell me you're not in love with that man. Okay, but like, that would be J.J. Field, not Tilney. No, it's J.J. Field as Tilney. Okay, well, semantics. Okay, the next one, and I think my last one, is the general should have actually murdered his wife. I think, I just think that would have made a better story. Yes, yay, 100%. But that would have also added, like, another probably massive chunk onto the book. Yeah. But it would have been interesting. But then they could have cut some of Bath. But then Bath how, was else, how else was Catherine supposed to grow up? Hmm. That's All true. she did was, you know, hang out with people who were bad for her and <laughs> did not have her best interests at heart. That's true. And it took her until, like, or I would say, like, after older brother Tilney shows up mm-hmm. for her to be like, oh, maybe Isabella's not good. So, yeah, I do think that would have been an interesting plot line, and I would love to see that as, like, a modern remake. Yeah, or like an inspired by, because it wouldn't be an actual Yeah, remake, okay, that's true. Ooh, that would be so fun. A variation, if you will. Yes, a variation. You know I'm a slut for a variation. Exactly. Okay. So, as our little transition, we're going to transition into doing yays or nays about John Thorpe and how trash he is. Yes. Um. So, my transitional one is that John Thorpe could be managed into not being a piece of shit. So, basically, if he married, like, Emma, which I'm not endorsing, but, like, Emma could be just like, no, sit down, stop being a little bitch, and it would just be fine. <laughs> I think in theory, yes, but also, I don't know if he could ever be made into not being a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, I feel like even if Emma was there, like, he could eventually bend to Emma's will. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he will not still internally be garbage and not, like, still do other things when she's not present to control him. But I guess the question is, is he malicious or just ignorant? I think he's malicious. Because he, from the get-go, wants Catherine for his dumb idea that she's going to inherit her family friends who are childless. Mm -hmm. So he thinks that she's going to inherit their money, which she never says anything about. That's never, ever a thing that anyone mentions, but he makes this assumption for some reason. Mm -hmm. And he only goes after her for that reason and actively makes her relationship with Tilney worse mm-hmm. just so he could be with her and then try to like coerce her into being married to him and then if, when she says no that's when he goes to daddy Tilney and is like JK she's dirt poor just okay. to harm her like I feel like he consistently goes out of his way to do mean things when he doesn't get his way okay you've convinced me because I was r- working off the assumption that it was more ignorance than maliciousness but like you're reminding me like he was pretty malicious so I honestly I think-, think if Catherine stayed with Isabella and John like longer, like things would have worked out very badly for her. Mm-hmm. And it probably would have been like too late. Yeah. Like I wouldn't put him above like pulling a Wickham and 
like basically like ruining Catherine's reputation Mm -hmm. just so he could marry her yeah and they were just like straight up really mean yeah like I don't remember the specifics but I do remember like reading a section where they were just like I think they were at like a concert or something and they were just talking and they were just saying things that were so mean and I was just like what how do you let them say that stuff about you they're like both Isabella and John Thorpe are very self-centered Mm-hmm. to the point where it like makes them actively harm other people mm-hmm. so yeah this is not necessarily my hot take but it's a discussion point a discussion point so john thorpe is worse than wickham yay or nay that's a hard one because i think thorpe was on his way to becoming like a wickham but also he didn't have someone like reining him in like wickham had darcy so like wickham like he was bad but also his bad deeds were reined in by darcy being like no you have to marry her and like paying yeah. for it i feel like because we don't see what happens to the thorps mm-hmm. like john thorpe could easily do the same thing that wickham did potentially even worse mm-hmm. i like kind of think he's worse than wickham but there's no proof of that because it has to all be like my conjecture of what i think he would do in different situations yeah i think wickham is worse because he wanted to hurt people like really he wanted to hurt darcy yeah like he wanted to hurt him so bad that he like went through other things like john thorpe i feel like is just like self-centered mm-hmm. like he's a dick but he's not like a he's not as big of a dick i guess that's not really i wanted to say something cute there but that that's <laughs> something <it>. smart <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's hard because they're both just very bad, but based on actions they actually did commit, mm-hmm. I would say Wickham is worse. But I would not put John Thorpe as better. That's valid. So going off that, Edward Ferris <laughs> is worse than John Thorpe. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> did we bring up Edward Ferris in a negative light again? This has only been every episode. <laughs> wow. I think actually this one will, personally for me, it will not turn out to be negative. That's true. Because like it's hard because I really do strongly dislike Edward Ferris, but I feel like I dislike him as a hero, not as like a villain. Mm-hmm. So like if you compare him to other heroes, I'm like, he's the worst. But if you compare him to the villains... He's, he's great. He's he's good. Like, he doesn't make a fucking decision and, like, leads people on and whatever, but at least he doesn't, like, he doesn't actively try to harm people, mainly because he has no agency. <laughs> or he doesn't use his agency ever. But, you know, that's a point in his favor. He doesn't actively use his agency to harm other people, so we love that. Jeez. The, <laughs> for, this the question, bar. <laughs> for this question, the bar is, like, below the the ground (laughs) yes i agree i feel like edward affairs does not actively pursue harming others while wickham and john (laughs) thorpe actively do that is the whole point of their characters to be deceitful and malicious Mm -hmm. how do you compare thorpe to um willoughby honestly i think i might put him on the same level because he did have sex with Colonel Brandon's adoptive daughter and then left oh, her. Oh shit, he I completely her. forgot about that. They are all on the same level. Oh god, I completely forgot about that he aspect. He left her like on her own when she was pregnant and then dumped Marianne and went to go marry a rich heiress because he lost his inheritance okay, out yeah. of wedlock. Yeah, Willoughby is shit. He's just like Wickham. 
Yeah, okay. So for some reason, I was like, Willoughby's better. No. Fake news. Willoughby definitely, I think you feel a little bit more empathy towards him because his actions aren't affecting an, a main character mm-hmm. or in someone that like we actually know. It's affecting like character that was only ever mentioned. We never get to meet Colonel Brandon's adoptive daughter. We only ever hear about her. So I feel like it's easy to just... Forget about it. Yeah, and also make him out to be better than he is. But then if you really think about it, you're like, that's bad. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh my god. Does that mean that Marianne has an adoptive grandchild? Oh my god. And an adoptive daughter? I think it does. How do we not think about this oh until now? Oh my god. <laughs> I think Marianne would be good with kids. Yeah. So. And other children her own age? <laughs> yes. Big yikes. So, Willoughby, Wickham, John Thorpe, all trash. No redeeming mm-hmm. qualities. No. Uh, we will not be accepting criticism. No. Okay, the last one. I feel like this one is one that actually should have happened, and it's that John Thorpe should have went for Tilney's sister instead of Catherine. Yeah, like that's just, yay. That's yeah. a definite yay. Just because it's the most logical thing to do. Yeah, she was definitely richer. She also was... would have added drama. Yeah, and I feel like she was, she's very like a Georgiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like she would have been... Vibes. Yeah, so I feel like she would have... Fell for it? Yeah. Mm, maybe. But I do feel like because she had, you know, Henry with her, it wouldn't That's have true. happened. Because she actually had someone there to protect her. That's true. But also, here's what I think how it should have went down. Okay. I think that first, John should have tried to get with Catherine and, like, continued to try to pursue her. And, you know, she was, like, her same self where she was like, mm, yeah, we'll go on a double date if we're friends. Like, a friend <laughs> date. <laughs> You're a great friend. Yeah. And then when he found out about Eleanor, I think he should have like dumped trying to get Catherine and then moved Mm -hmm. on to trying to get her. And then that would have earlier on made Catherine realize that these are bad people. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think it would have been good. And then maybe Henry and Catherine could team up and protect Eleanor and then everything would be great. Okay, you should write a Northanger Abbey variation. We should write multiple Northanger Abbey variations because... Okay, we'll have to hash out a plot. Yeah. So moving on, let's get into what we're currently reading. So I am currently reading Persuasion by Jane Austen. I think I'm like over 50% of the way through and I am enjoying it. I'm also reading like four other books, but I'm in the beginning of all of them. So I will not mention them because it's, it's too much. Sarah, what are you reading? (laughs) So some of the books that I've mentioned in the past episodes, I am technically still reading, but have not looked at a page of in a while. So I will just talk about the ones that I can reasonably say that I'm currently reading, if that makes sense. So I'm hopefully going to finish An Organizer's Tale by Cesar Chavez tomorrow at work. That's my goal. I, I don't even have that many pages left. I just like, it's not finishing. And then I'm reading Absolute Trust in the Goodness of the Earth, which is a poetry collection by Alice Walker, who's the author of The Color Purple. I love The Color Purple, this poetry collection. I'm pretty meh about. I'm reading The Girl and the Goddess by Nikita Gill. Honestly, might be one of my best reads of 2020, but also I haven't picked it up in a while. So I'm not really sure where that dichotomy is at. Is there another one? Oh, I'm not currently... Aurora Lay? Oh, God. I mm, I have not gotten any further on Aurora Lay. I have not gotten any further on Helen of Troy, Goddess Princess Whore. But I am going to read Wallbanger tonight, which I'm oh. so excited about. So I am going to take a nice hot bath 
with some bath salts and some scotch and maybe a face mask and I'm just going to read a trashy romance novel and I'm just going to vibe. I love that for you. That's the plan. So those are our thoughts on Northanger Abbey and on what we're currently reading. My conclusion is, is that Northanger Abbey is pretty meh. I feel differently. I think that, you know, it's fun and it's pretty different from the rest of Jane Austen's books. So it's like a good time. Yeah. See, I just don't really like Tilney. And Catherine is just kind of boring. And I wish there was murder. So overall, slightly disappointed. Understandable. I don't know. I really enjoy Northanger Abbey. Obviously, when it was published, it was not in its final form, I don't Mm -hmm. think. Yeah. So maybe with a little bit more editing or alterations, it could have been a lot better. Mm -hmm. As this was Jane Austen's first real novel that she ever wrote that was then like reworked into what was published. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it offers insight into what was going on at the time. Also, like, you know, what she was starting to write about. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool as like a historical, like uh, in the the growth of Jane Austen as a writer, but also in the fact that it's a satire. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's fun and different, and I think that it has value in that capacity. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has value. It just I didn't really vibe with it. Yeah, I understand. Also, you know, like, did I see part of myself in Catherine, which is probably why I like it? Yes. Like, I don't know. Maybe not like 17-year-old me, but I feel like 14-year-old me. Mm. Yeah, I was that dumb. Like, I would have done that same stuff. I feel like I was a a little bit smarter at 17. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so I understand your criticisms. Yeah. So read this if you want. I would say if you're a (laughs) hardcore fan of Jane Austen, it's worth a read. If you're not, then... Maybe don't. Or if you really like gothic literature, then read this. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you know what's going on yeah. with all the, like, inside jokes, like, I think mm-hmm. you'll you'll enjoy it more. To be fair, I will also put the caveat on that when I originally read this, I didn't know freaking anything about gothic literature. So the whole time I was just like, mm. so this is a parody, but... <laughs> You're like, of what? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't get it. I mean, my, my opinions are definitely warped, but... That's fine. Maybe mine I'll are, read it mine again. are also definitely warped because I think it's a 2007 adaptation. The J.J. Field one? Yes, with J.J. Field as Mr. Mm-hmm. Tilney and Felicity Jones is Catherine Moreland and Carrie Mulligan is Isabella. I can't remember anyone else of importance on the cast, but maybe there, I'm, I'm sure there's someone else <laughs> who you might recognize. I think one, it's a really fun adaptation because they, they like have little scenes like whenever Catherine and Isabella are like talking about the romance they have like little like side cut like cutaway shots with like whatever they're imagining so it adds drama and also like whatever drama yes and Mm -hmm. like it adds like some intensity to the story and then they do the same thing when I think Catherine is like imagining what happened to the Tilney mom they like play out her imaginations on the screen so you really get to see it Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that adds a really nice level also JG Field as Tilney I'm in love with him I'm in love with that Tilney specifically. So I recommend watching it. And if it interests you, then maybe read the book. But if not, whatever. So Sarah, watch it. I can't believe you didn't watch it in preparation for this. I mean, I didn't either, but I had already seen it. A girl's only got so many hours in a day, Annabelle. This episode was so chaotic. I don't know how chaotic it's going to be once I edit it. So if it's still chaotic, you will be hearing this right now. (laughs) <laughs> where we apologize for being so chaotic. Okay. So thanks for listening. 
Thanks uh, for making it through with us. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed some of our commentary. Also, let us know maybe if you have any hot takes about Northanger Abbey. Or really any other Jane Austen novel. Yeah. Or really anything at all. I love hot if, takes. Yeah, if you just want to chat to us about anything. We anything, love to chat back. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll chat yeah. with you. Yeah. So thanks for listening and be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our username is on.our.shelves. And on there we post book reviews, recommendations, and more. And tune in next episode where we'll be chatting about persuasion. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. And thanks for listening to us share what's on on our our shelves. shelves.